When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Shockers and Cuss Words, a podcast that dives into self-improvement, completing goals, and overcoming modern-day obstacles. I am your host, Catherine, and together we will address our fears, establish self-awareness, and complete self-growth through honesty and reflection. Remember to please like and share this podcast. Thank you. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Chakras and Cuss Words. And today I have my special guest, Morgan. And Morgan, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Hi, thanks for having me. So my name is Morgan Brisden, and I'm a nationally certified Alexander Technique teacher. So for those of you who don't know what that is, I basically help people learn how to feel better in their bodies. So looking at the habits that they have that are maybe interfering with their everyday um, function. So if they have back problems or maybe they suffer from uh, overwhelm and anxiety, um, I look at all of the habits that they have and then we basically get rid of those. So I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Thank you so much. That's amazing. How would you say, because today's topic is self-awareness, and I actually just really kind of got adapted to my self-awareness probably about maybe two to three years ago was when I really tried to focus on being more aware of my actual self and kind of the contributions that I'm putting out there as a person to others. So just kind of be more aware of what I'm putting out to the universe as somebody. How would you say um, self-awareness is implemented in your programs? So basically, that's like the first principle that Alexander Technique teachers look at is raising individuals awareness, not just of themselves, but also of, you know, we call it expanded awareness. So also those of, you know, people around you, your environment, what, you know, is your um, chair conducive uh, for helping you feel comfortable where you're seated? Do you um, set yourself up for success, right? Or are there things that maybe you could adjust or alter in your life, in your world that'll help you feel more comfortable? So when you start to pay attention to that, like even just, for example, the other day I was teaching a lovely group um, in New York online, of course. And this woman said after several classes, right, she said, you know, it just occurred to me to bring my, you know, glasses into this room where I've got the computer because I'm always having to like, you know, look at the computer and then I'm scrunching my neck. So things like that are super easy, right? When you right. start paying attention, it's like, and then she goes, and my neck doesn't hurt anymore, anymore. you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's like yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and I can, I can teach somebody, you know, to, I can teach them ways and suggest, you know, different um, ideas on how to implement it. But, you know, I'm not going to be able to follow uh, students around and say, hey, this is a missed opportunity, right? So when students start right. to have those sorts of, I call them when they wake up, right? Those moments when they're waking up, that's mm-hmm. when you really benefit because you're like, oh, 
this is not, I could make this easier. I could yeah. make this a little bit, you know, like it doesn't have to be this hard, I guess is right. the point. When you become more aware, you recognize where there's room to improve things. Yeah. So what would you, because some people on here are super new to the whole kind of self-awareness, self-consciousness, self-care, even and self-growth aspect of um, this podcast. And we have a lot of people on here just kind of like learning and trying to get their feet wet in the whole concept of actually um, moving on to a stronger path of self-awareness. So how would you describe self-awareness if you could describe it to somebody who was like, I don't even know what self-awareness is. Like, what is that? How would you kind of um, give them a little description of it? How would you point it out to them? Well, I think it, I would probably describe it as becoming um, becoming more uh, more observant or noticing, I guess, is maybe mm -hmm. another word you could use. And it's noticing things about yourself, right? Yeah. So as yeah. opposed to, exa for example, like you look outside, you're like, oh, it's sunny out or, oh, it's raining. Like that's an observation. Yes. And then you dress accordingly. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's nice out. So I'm going to, you know, dress appropriately. And yet when it comes to ourselves, we don't always necessarily recognize things about ourselves that are not always helping us. And what I mean yeah. by that is that, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the students and I call them students because I'm a teacher, right? So I have lessons and classes and I teach people. And it's the idea that no one ever really teaches anyone how to do something like that, you know, to, to kind of reflect on themselves with, oh, could I make this easier if I took a step back instead of just having to execute something, right? Usually it's like, oh, go fold the laundry. Oh, okay, mm -hmm. fold the laundry. Well, now my back hurts because I'm sitting on the whatever folding the laundry. It's like, well, do you have to fold your laundry here? Well, yeah, it's right around the, you know, from the washing machine. So of course, it's like, no, not of course. You could probably take an extra minute to move it someplace else where you're a little bit more comfortable if you were aware that that was contributing to, you know, the neck issues that you're having or the back problems that you're experiencing. And so when you become more aware, there's more opportunities to better serve yourself in the sense that you're um, making decisions and you're setting up, you know, your environment and your world to, to be more comfortable. Right. Because when you yeah. notice it's raining, you don't walk yeah. out the house without the umbrella <laughs> unless you're like, I'd like to play in the rain. Right. Like right. then it's a conscious choice. But you, yeah. don't, you don't go outside like not equipped for the appropriate weather. Definitely. And I feel like when it comes to ourselves, we don't always, you know, because we just don't have that awareness. We haven't practiced it. Nobody taught it to us when we were uh -huh. very young. Then we're sort of like, you know, oh, I've got this problem. Yeah. And then and mm -hmm. then people, you know, and I, I keep referring back to physical, though it could be it could be, you know, stress, overwhelm, um, feelings of. Uh, self-doubt or imposter syndrome. I mean, this work translates in both directions. I just yeah, use yeah. physical because people can really relate to, you know, waking up or, mm -hmm. yeah, they can, you know, everyone's like bent down at one point to pick up a pencil. I'm like, oh, my neck, right. you know, it's like, yeah. but that's not usually the thing that did it. It wasn't because you picked up the pencil. It's, you know, things that you did prior misusing yourself in a way that's not helpful. And then eventually the body is like, screw you. That's not, that's not going to work anymore. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a journey. I know like um, self-awareness, like, okay. So when I was 
commuting. Uh, I used to commute from like two areas where it was super warm outside to like San Francisco where it was like totally cold and freezing (laughs) because you're in the coastal area. And like I would leave in the morning with Uggs on, my boots, a sweater, a hat, a scarf, and I was freezing. But by the end of the day, as I'm driving into the suburban area (laughs) that I live where the heat is warmer and I'm no longer by the ocean, I'm not by the bay. I'm like, man, I'm hot. So (laughs) then I had to realize I got to kick off those Uggs, get some flip flops on and kind of, you know, take in that it's changing the, the temperature's changing, you know? So that was kind of a little self-awareness where I could see that it happens with um, physical. Can you tell me what is the Alexander it's called method, the Alexander method? It's called the Alexander technique. And it's basically, so yeah. So the, the man who discovered this way back when over a hundred years ago, I mean, it's been around for a long time, even though I recognize not a lot of people have probably heard of it. But um, he was an actor and he had vocal problems. So he used to um, perform and then his voice would go and he would talk to doctors about, hey, you know, what am I doing with my voice? Because, you know, and they'd say, oh, go on vocal rest, just rest your voice, you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And he was essentially, you know, he would go on these um, periods where he wouldn't perform and he would be fine, but then he would come back and he noticed each time he came back, it would actually, he'd lose his voice sooner for longer stretches of time. And he said, you know, I think I'm doing something. The doctor's like, yeah, yeah, probably. And he's like, so what am I doing? They're like, right. yeah, we don't know. <laughs> we, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You, you figure so, it out and tell us, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he developed consistent. the technique. Yeah. Yeah. He, he developed the technique out of the need for, you know, a solution to his problem. Right. And right. so way back then he, you know, he really became known as this sort of doctor breath um, for his time. He ended up moving from uh, Tasmania. Um, and he was, I think in Australia for some time before he moved to, um, England, he was in London. And so people came to him from all over to help them with, you know, a plethora of concerns that they had and it works. I mean, it's, you know, the technique it's been around for a long time. Studies are, have been, have been now amping up as more teachers, um, want to have more evidence of the work, but a lot of performers know about it, right? If you go to a conservatory, um, I know at Yale, for example, it's uh, one of the only movement classes that's required over the entire um, education of their performers in the okay. theater department. So people recognize it, Juilliard and um, the like, they, people know that it works, right? So yeah. performers, if you can't perform, you have no livelihood. Right. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? That's your job. And yet, <laughs> yeah. correct. And yeah. yet, for for a computer programmer, for example, right, who's also using their bodies, but not in an overt way, like a performer who's a musician, dancer, singer, actor, they're still showing up, they have to use their hands, their fingers, their wrists on their computer. And mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people that I see in my own private practice who have, you know, who are not performers, mm-hmm. um, who still have issues, you know, you have to use yeah. your body in everything you do. And so, and I'll tease sometimes, um, when I do these larger workshops, right, with a lot of people, I like to oftentimes ask the question about, you know, when do people, when are you thinking about your body? And of course, people are like, oh, well, when it's in pain, when it hurts, Mm -hmm. you know, like, they come up with the staple answers, maybe sometimes when it feels good, or when they look in the mirror, you know, and then I'm like, but when's your body with you? And it's like, you know, it's like, it's with you all the time. So yeah, um, my body's here all the time. What are you talking about? Yeah. (laughs) 
so when you raise your awareness, it's just being mindful of the fact that like, you know, you've got this body that um, essentially is, is always helping you to the best of its ability. And if you're not mindful of it, it's not going to last long. So again, I love analogies, mm -hmm. right? When I teach, I use them often because I'm a very visual person, but I'll tell people, it's kind of like if you have a car, you know, and you're driving across country and you know, it needs an oil change. I mean, you know, technically yeah. you don't need to stop for the oil change. Like you could drive the whole way, even though you're like, yeah, I know it's due for yeah. an oil change. So to me, that's negligent when you are you know, okay, I'm conscious of this, but I'm choosing not to address it. And I feel like people do that with their physical bodies. And even I'm going to go further and say they're emotional yeah. <laughs> and mental, uh, you know, selves. Like, I think that people push the limits based on like, well, it's my job. I have to do that. They don't Definitely. see a lot of options and choices. Yeah. And th at the end of the day, they're the ones who suffer, right? Oh, yeah. Like they're the ones who get in their, in their way because they haven't been listening and, you know, following their intuition or following, you know, the ease in their body or the comfort because they're like, oh, well, I got to get this project out. I got to get this, you know, like I got to send these emails. I have this big deadline, blah, blah, blah. And I always tell people, I'm like, look, your 95 year old self does not care if you met a deadline. Yeah. Like it just doesn't care. Yeah. You know, so I'm always when, I, you know, in my, in my life, I'm always thinking about my 95 year old self. Like, how would she feel? Like, would she <laughs> be happy with the way that I talk to myself and the way that, or would she look at me and be like, you're beautiful. Yes. Like, look how young and beautiful you are. You know what I mean? So it was probably like when I first started teaching, you know, maybe 11 years ago or so. And I, I met this woman who um, was living by herself on the upper, uh, upper West side um, of, or no upper East side in New uh -huh. York. And she had Parkinson's okay. and she was older and living by herself. She had somebody who came in on, uh, regularly to, to check yeah. in on her and help with some other things. But for the most part, like, I mean, this woman was doing great, mm -hmm. right? Like eventually at this point I'm doing house calls. So I'm going to her home, but I remember showing her a photo and I was like, look at your amazing posture. You know, we got her nice and upright and she was sitting really lovely. And when she looked at this, I still remember Morgan, look at my skin. Oh, this is awful. This is awful. Uh -huh. Like where her eye went in the photo. <laughs> right was like to the discoloration of her skin and you know I knew from having talked yeah. to her that she used to be a, a wonderful gardener and she spent tons of times outside outside she was very active I'm like are you kidding me I just and it hit me it was like instantaneous mm -hmm. I was like yeah I'm not waiting until I'm her age to stop shitting on no. myself like I'm yeah like, no you can't <laughs> I'm sorry. yeah I gotta start loving myself sooner and treating myself a little bit better and you know, I like to think that this work sort of encompasses that because you recognize habitual ways that you think, habitual ways that you feel. And then you start asking yourself, is there an option? Like, is there a reason I keep, oh yeah, right. if I got out of this relationship or if I, you know, which might not be that easy, might be difficult, mm -hmm. but will I feel better if I yeah. do it? You know? Definitely. So, um, yeah. So the work kind of encompasses all of all of those things, I think my, like my thing with, um, the self-awareness is definitely, you know, has the physical and also the emotional. Cause there are a lot, a lot of times that I would come home from work and I would just be super stressed out, or I would kind of be still going through the events that happened within the day and just kind of taking it all and as you know, it was a horrible day at work or for whatnot and trying not to 
bring that home onto, especially in my relationship with my husband, because a lot of times he'd be like, you're grouchy or you're, you're, you know, you're in a bad mood or you're, you know, you're not your normal self, which is a pretty playful person and pretty, you know, uh, happy person. And you're kind of, you know, grouchy or whatnot. (laughs) You would say, you know, you're trying to old lady, you know, and a lot of, a lot of it was, um, just because I didn't want to talk, you know, I didn't want to, um, address, you know, what happened at work or what I went through. And instead I would just kind of want to be by myself. And I think I do enjoy the time by myself, but I also have to kind of take into account that there's somebody else with me in my environment, in my atmosphere who doesn't necessarily, um, is going through the same negative or same situations that I'm going through. So I shouldn't try to put that out on them and I should try to, you know, get rid of it, like get rid of that, um, vibe or get rid of that grief or whatever it is, um, before I walk through the, through the door. So that's actually kind of been something that I do. I'll try to say like five minutes of kind of, you know, maybe, I don't know, I don't know if it's affirmations or, or just regrouping myself. So when I walk into the door, I'm not like just a bitch <laughs> because I can't, yeah. I can be, you know, so just kind of go, okay, leave it there. It happened at work. It's over, you know, and then walk through the door, but it, it's, it's, yeah, um, it takes time. It's also, it's also, I think, something that we don't really have. And I'm talking about this all the time, you know, with my students that in our lives, I think we have more practice with stressing mm-hmm. and with responding to things from a place of stress. So that sort of, you know, fight or flight that we all are naturally prone right. to. And and I think that we have far less experience relaxing mm-hmm. and letting things go, water under the bridge yes. sort of thing, like and and that has passed, you know, it's like, I find that a lot of people hold on to things, you know, it's like you can, and I'm sure we've, we've all got these moments in our life where we have had an experience. Mm-hmm. And if I think about it, I can sort of experience all the physiological things that c- come along with it that accompany mm-hmm. that, right? So if it's embarrassment, I might start to sweat if it was a really uncomfortable situation, like my palms might get sweaty, right. like, you know, or you can sort of get sick to your stomach when you think about something, or you can make yourself sad when you reflect on something, you know, so our minds and our bodies are very much intertwined. And I think that's for better and for worse. And what I mean by that is that if you don't know that that's happening, yeah. then that's yeah. for worse. Right. Because you don't recognize, oh, this is having, you know, Mm -hmm. a negative effect that I don't necessarily want. But however, if you become more Mm -hmm. aware, right, that self-awareness piece that we're talking about, if you have a sense of, oh, I'm tightening Mm -hmm. my jaw because I'm literally trying to hold back like a conversation or I'm trying to bite my tongue in in a conference or whatever the case may be for you. Right. And when you start to recognize that, then you can start to change it. You can say, well, I'm not going to grip my jaw. I can breathe. I don't have to say anything. I recognize that I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to excuse myself. I'm sorry. I have to step out to the ladies room or what have you. Like, you know, you can Uh always, there's always, there's always room, I guess. There's always possibility for change. And typically the only person, you know, we can only change. Yeah, we can only change ourselves. (laughs) You can't change. Yes. 
So I think when you have more sense of self-awareness, you're able to better meet your needs. So ideally in that case, like say, you know, in the example you gave coming home and feeling stressed that, you know, when you, by the time you even get to your car from your office, you've already yeah. let it go so that you have that whole drive home to like really enjoy yourself, blast up the music, talk to a friend yeah. on your, you know, Bluetooth or what have you. And like, and you come home and you're like back yeah. to whatever. And I have a student, she's um, a, a wonderful student of mine who told me the other week, she goes, you know, it was a really hard week at work and she's in a, she's in a political right. position. So like, you know, during a pandemic, <laughs> like people like her have jobs that I think are more yeah. stressful than, than the rest of us. And, um, and she said, but you know what, Morgan, I wasn't in the state of anxiety and like stress that I normally would be in. Like, yes, it was a hard week and it was difficult. She's like, but because I was like able to maintain my mm -hmm. calm throughout the whole thing, she's like, I don't yeah. feel worn out like I would have otherwise. I don't feel spent. You know, it's like we kind of work, 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 and then we save it for like a weekend where we can like decompress and unwind. And in my world, I'm like, don't no. wait for that. Like unwind every chance yeah. you get every moment. If you're standing in an elevator and you just got some horrible news, let your shoulders relax, let your jaw unclench, your butt mm -hmm. relax, like, you know, like go through your body and really notice where am I trying, where, am where is my body responding to, to my yeah. brain, to the thoughts and the experiences I just had, you know, and, and how can I help myself enter into a different, more relaxed yeah. space? Um, from I, yeah, I work in a very high energy, I work in an emergency room as an emergency room nurse. So I work in a very chaotic, high energy type of environment. So I'm constantly going up, down, up, down and kind of finding, um, you know, how to decompress when I get home. Like these days, a lot of people say, oh, you work so much, but honestly, like podcasting and, you know, marketing or whatever to me isn't necessarily work like I do it because I enjoy doing it and it keeps me somewhat active because I'm like I'm at, on a constant adrenaline high when I'm at work I'm li literally yeah. you know going either very very high or very very low so being at a little bit of a constant state of moving and working out and doing something ha has helped me a lot because when I was just at home and not really having um, a task for the day or not having a purpose for my day besides just being at home I was like shopping too much I was like doing a bunch of things that wasn't necessarily the right move for me, I guess the right journey. So finding the self-awareness, like saying, I don't need 20 zillion purses or I don't need, you know, all this stuff that, you know, I'm maxing out my credit cards or I'm maxing out whatever because I'm, I'm bored, you know, I'm, I don't need this right now, this isn't what I need. There's other things I could do besides trying to fulfill a void of, you know, this constant high that I'm used to being on. So that was kind of my journey with uh, self-awareness recently. But how did you take this approach into work? Like, how did you take this into your business and decided to help others with growing their self-awareness? Well so 
I came to the Alexander Technique from, from my own background in the arts. So I was, um, uh, I went to school and um, got my like my degree oh, is in nice. theater. And when I was, and when I was in school, I had a teacher who was training to be an Alexander teacher, and he gave us this wonderful exercise where just one of my arms was like two feet longer than the other one, and I was like, "What's going on?" And like <laughs> my, my brain kind of like blew right. up, and I was like. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, Paul, what just happened? What just happened here? So I was instantaneously curious and um, my intrigue was was definitely um, sparked at that moment. And so I started to explore it. And honestly, like, I didn't really understand uh -huh. the technique um, for a number of years after when I first started. I just knew I felt so mm -hmm. flipping good. I, you know, it's a hands-on modality, typically speaking. Um, so people, teachers will touch you and help you. So sometimes people think of it as chiropractic oh. or a massage, but it's not. The hands that teachers use are actually just educational. We are saying, hey, did you know that this is tightening? And then when you feel the hand, you have a better kinesthetic um, sense of where okay. to relax. So it's more of an educational hand. So teachers, Alexander hands, we call them are like much softer and it's gentler. Not, They're like not, a, it, it, there's no like manipulation. Right. Okay. Correct. Correct. So, um, so, but for me, you know, some, as an 18 year old, when I was first exposed to this, I just was like, Watch your hands, buddy. Like, I've never right. done drugs. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this feels so right. good. Like, and I didn't realize, you know, right. in my case for me, I didn't realize how much tension and stress was uh -huh. in my body. And, you know, in my case, I'd experienced trauma growing up. I was molested at a young age. Um, and then I, you know, my only brother oh. died when I was uh, three days after my 15th birthday. He got oh, meningitis no. and he he died very suddenly. So I had yes. these two events, I think, that traumatic. were very yes. traumatic, right? And and my body sort of held on to these experiences is the way I see it. And, and it was, I don't know, I just felt so good. And I was like, you know, yeah. is this possible? Like, can I feel like this all the time? And yes. the, the answer was yes. Like if you become aware and if you notice when you're tightening, you can stop. And then a perk is you have better posture. You're open. Your breathing is better. Like all the benefits are so awesome. But like, ultimately I just am a wimp and I don't like to not feel good. Like that's, that's why I got into it is I was like, I like to feel good. And then I always thought, you know, I thought I would become uh -huh. a, a teacher um, but I always thought acting was going to be my main, you know, I yeah. thought on the side I'll teach, but as it turned out, I like, I mean, I really just love this work. I believe in it. And my, my, I love to see my students like get results, you know? So when my phone goes off and, you know, like the other day, two people in one, you know, morning were sending me like, I've never felt so mm -hmm. good. This is so life changing. Like nothing gives me a better high than knowing that people are benefiting when I'm not around from something that I yeah. shared with them. So that's what I love. I love that, you know, my, <laughs> my girlfriend's husband, she sent me a text and she's like, you know, like he doesn't grind his teeth. And he, I mean, he's oh. got TMJ. She's like, he doesn't grind his yeah. teeth like he used to at night in bed. It's not like mm -hmm. super annoying, you know, like that to me is like, I, I love that stuff. I love those stories when people are applying what they've learned and they don't need me uh -huh. to do that. Right. Like I, I give them the education, but then they can do it on their own. And so I um I found that I really just enjoyed being able to share the work with other people. And the the truth is that not a lot of people mm -hmm. know it's an option. Right. You know, people think, oh, I've got this this problem, I'm gonna go mm -hmm. to a doctor and mm -hmm. now I need a surgery. And it's like, well, 
you might get the surgery, but then are you still, is the root of the problem still there? Are you still doing, you know, the thing you were before mm-hmm. the surgery? And I think sometimes we look to outside, you know, specialists, different modalities, different doctors to yeah. tell us about yeah. us. But it's like, really the one, you know, and, and the more that you have that heightened sense mm-hmm. of self-awareness, you notice like, oh, you know what? It's after... Anytime I have caffeine I after two o'clock, I don't sleep yes. as good. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like <laughs> usually the littlest thing that all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can have ice cream, but it can't. It can only be when I'm in Europe because they pasteurize the uh-huh. milk differently. Like the the milk in the U.S. is different. Like, and when you start to really kind of like heighten your sense of awareness instead of just being like, oh, I don't mm-hmm. feel good. Let me pop some medicine and ignore it. It's like your body is yes, trying to educate is. you. It's trying to help you know what's up right and in your case to go back to your example with like the maxing uh-huh. of the credit cards right when you're becoming more aware of like oh maybe i'm bored unfulfilled i have a need to be doing something that brings me joy and to to give me sort of a high it doesn't necessarily have to right. be the adrenaline perhaps but something where you're not just you know sitting around doing nothing at home like then mm-hmm. you can choose because maybe you do like maybe you're the kind of person who's married to a millionaire and you can shop and that's all you do. Good for you, right? The rest of us, the rest of us, right? You're like, yeah, like okay, is this really good for me and my credit and my marriage and my like and do I need these things? And then you can start to make better choices about like actually I don't even really I don't even really want to do that. Yeah, exactly. So I think you start to wake those those ideas up in your head. Yeah, it's it's a process of just becoming more, uh, attuned to yourself. How, how would you, um, help somebody with their first steps of learning self-awareness if they said, Morgan, girl, what do I do? Like, I'm just, my life's a mess. (laughs) Um, you know, I'm drinking, day drinking on the weekends, kind of not really, you know, my relationship sucks, my husband says I'm a bitch, you know, or, you know, my kids don't listen to me. I mean, you hear it all. Like so many people are going through so much. Like, what would you say would be the first three steps you would give them into finding self-awareness so they could kind of get their, their life on the right path? Um, that's a really good question. I think first, the first thing is, is people have to want to change. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and definitely, I think, um, I think that what ends up happening is, you know, sometimes people will come to me and they'll be like, Oh, you know, my, my wife could really use this or my mom could use it's like people who come to me have to Mm -hmm. want it. They have to be the ones who are saying, okay, this is important to me. And I'd like to learn it because otherwise it's like signing somebody up for violin lessons. And they're like, I don't really have an interest in violin lessons. Like I don't care about that. You know, it's like, they're not going to be motivated to learn. So if somebody, if somebody came to me and said, no, 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 I do want to learn how to use my body and how to use myself, right. Mind, emotion, body, all that. I want to be able to be more present, to feel better. And I want to learn. Then I would say you have to just start to notice and you can start with simple. I always suggest grooming and commuting. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by those two things is that when we groom and when we commute, typically we're not with other people, right? Like we're by ourselves. Sometimes we're turning up like, you know, the radio, maybe we're listening to, um, you know, NPR or like a podcast. And I'd say, turn that stuff off for a few minutes. Just 
turn it off. Yeah. And your mind's going to wander. And then you're going to think about, oh, it's my, you know, so-and-so's birthday. I should get a card. Your mind is mm -hmm. going to try to take you elsewhere. But you have to be like, no, 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 no. Yeah. The reason I'm turning off the radio is not to have my mind distract me with other things, but to pay attention to, you know, how hard am I gripping the steering wheel? That's interesting. I'm at a red light. You know, like, I don't really yeah. need to grip the steering wheel that hard because I'm not even moving right now. So you <laughs> yeah. just, I'm not going nowhere. Yeah, yeah. So you just take a few minutes um, in your either, you know, your routine of grooming or commuting to start to tap in and you consciously decide um, this is when I'm going to start to do as I like to refer to it like the work like I'm going to start doing the work of paying attention and what you'll find in most cases is that once you wake it up it's like it kind of it's hard to turn it off in in most cases mm -hmm. is that people are like oh my god I recognize everything I do this I do this I do this and that's awesome it's like you know now now you're just opening up this um, you know, other window into being able to observe things about yourself and recognize like, where have I been getting in my own way? Like, I didn't know it could be so easy if I just did X, Y, Z. And those are things that typically outsiders, professionals, you know, um, different practitioners or doctors are not necessarily going to be with you in your bathroom to notice how you're doing something, you know, when you hang up a towel in a weird way, you know, it's like, but you notice, and then you're like, yeah. oh, it's my shoulder. And I keep doing this weird thing oh, that's contributing to my whatever, you know? So you have this, then you have these um, insights that might otherwise lie dormant, right? Because you're not paying attention typically. Yeah. Yeah. Do you say most people come to you when they start to feel the physical aspects of it? Mm. Of not that's a good dealing with... <laughs> honey I got the good questions I'm, I'm sorry to tell you but yeah I think <laughs> there's not yeah there's not I, I roll with the good questions <laughs> there's not a there's not to answer your questions there's not really like um there, there's not like a typical do a lot of people come to me for pain yes and when they come to me with pain it can be a wide range there can be the person who yeah. is looking to avoid their, their doctor has told them that they have to have a spinal fusion and they're like I just really mm -hmm. don't want to be you know cut in two and right Why? and so yes. this is sort of like the last resort and they email me at two in the morning right but because they've like gone down the rabbit hole and they found themselves at the alexander technique you know like and then there's other people yeah. <laughs> they're like there has to be more to this than just you know um i need to have a surgery or i need to especially with back surgeries you know i've seen successes and i've seen not successes so it's like at what point I would say, you know, definitely reach out for every chance of something alternative before you go that route. You know, yeah. I don't think surgeries are, are the, a lot of people think they're the fix all and sometimes they're not. And well, the, yeah. Definitely. And you, I mean, you probably know more than most, you know, being in the ER and stuff like there's things like scar tissue and stuff like, you know, like once it's yeah. there, it's there and it's not ideal. So, mm -hmm. you know, again, um, it, I think, so we have something called like conditions of use versus manner of use and conditions would be like the conditions of somebody's physical self, like things that we cannot change. So in the instance, I was giving right. an example, like my mom is handicapped from a um, a drunk driver hitting her, my father, uh, many, mm. many moons ago, like before I was born. Um, and this okay. accident has caused my mom to have one leg, you know, shorter than the other. She's had multiple surgeries, mm. et cetera, et cetera. Long story short, that's her condition. Yeah. So it is what yeah. it is. 
Now, the manner of use, like the way that she uses her body and the way that she navigates, if she's, you know, feeling a day where she wants to use her cane or um, what have you, like that Mm -hmm. we can look at because do you really have to hunch your neck over to use your cane? The answer is Mm -hmm. no, like, and Mm -hmm. that's not a part of your condition. You're using a cane, but you're not using it properly, right? So there are ways that you can (laughs) kind of, you know, circle around and say, okay, wait a minute, like, you know, let me look at at what, what are my conditions? And, and I can't change those, but there are things I can change. So people will come to mm-hmm. me, you know, um, just to go back to your question, people will come sometimes if they've had good experiences in the past, right. They've had like, Oh, this mm-hmm. helped me with my shoulder years ago. And now I've got this back thing. And I just know that this works. And some people will say, Oh, okay. my, you know, my brother Yes. People will come with referrals. I get tons of referrals. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who are just like, I just am interested in, you know, being more comfortable. Like I just have heard about this a little bit and I'm curious and, you know, um, they might be a little bit more rare when they don't have like, Mm -hmm. like a a physical need. Um, But usually there's something there's either anxiety or self-doubt. Yeah. Usually there's some reason. Right. And um, yeah, which is, you know, what makes it fun for me, because everybody is different, right? There might be some similarities that kind of run through. But for the most part, everyone's unique and different and has different ways that they're responding and and navigating life. So it makes for a very interesting teaching um, experience for me. It definitely does when you're, um, you know, seeing because a lot of like I, I call them like core, core issues. Like what's the core issue? What's the root cause, you know, that's getting somebody to, especially when it's like anxiety. I mean, there's definitely stuff that you can, uh, that, you know, needs proper, you know, like depression or, you know, whatnot. There's a lot of uh, people with mental health that need, you know, maybe more resources than what some can give. But I definitely always wonder like, what's the root cause? Like, how did they get to this state? You know, cause it all kind of manifests from something, something kind of brings them there. If it's not something they put on to themselves or something they were born with or whatever, but there's always some kind of root cause to some, you know, usually what people are going through, if it's an illness or deformity or what. So it's good to, you know, definitely take in, the emotional part that we can try to, I guess, conquer versus when we can't conquer the physical, you know? Yeah. And there's, and I think, you know, something I always highlight for students too, is that there are like different kinds of habits. Right. And I think when we say habits, for the most part, people think negative, you know, like things Mm -hmm. they want to kick, like, Oh, I have, I'm a smoker and I want to get rid of that habit. And, you know, but there Mm -hmm. are like so many good habits, like eating healthy and exercise and, you know, So I think, um, you know, and then within that, there's two different kinds of habits that are formed. Like you've got the primary ones, the ones that like you teach yourself as you're growing up. And then there's like the secondary habits, which I think are kind of you responding to things that people have told you are part of you. So they're like, you know, the things that you grow up and maybe your mom says like, you're too loud. So now you unconsciously start to try to make yourself quieter or yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so that's where I'm always kind of trying to shine a light for students is like, 
Mm -hmm. choose and create a world and a, a you that you are proud to step into and that you feel confident and comfortable like would it be how you're showing up in the world right now or is there um, some beliefs there right are there belief systems in place that are maybe some mm -hmm. some you would put on yourself but maybe are there some that just by you know um, your upbringing your background your experiences trauma etc are there things that now you show up in the world differently as a result and an example might be like a sexual assault victim who no longer wants to mm -hmm. express themselves with the clothes they wear because they feel you know more vulnerable or they right. feel, and and it's getting people to start questioning like where are things stemming from and are they again are they um are they things that bring me you know ease and comfort or do i feel a sense of tightening because this isn't really how I want to show up. Like I want to be able to wear whatever I want to wear. Like that's a beautiful, cute, like yellow and orange skirt. And I want yeah. to wear it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And will that make yeah. me happy? And can I begin to heal from things that, you know, were not otherwise my fault. And so I think that's where the work gets super interesting for me is um, when you dive a little bit deeper and, and really help people make sense of, Oh, why, you know, why am I doing these things? And what's the, and what's the, the purpose? Is this something that I actually would like, or is it time to kind of let those things go and start new things, right? Like create new, new ways of showing up. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. How does it all affect, you know, especially when like church, like you were saying, you know, like as a child, you might've been told, you know, you're too loud or don't talk. Adults are speaking, that's a big one um, to kind of, you know, hush or whatever you might have learned as you were growing up. And now you've grown up and you have a hard time clearing your abilities to speak or clearing your uh, confidence to, you know, get out there and say what you want to say because you've always been told to keep it quiet or to hush. I hear that one a lot. You know, I'm very nervous. I, I used to be nervous all the time speaking and now here I am, I have a podcast. So and speaking and I can't, now people can't get me to shut up. So yeah. I, don't <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's all a balance, I guess, but thank you so much for coming on. And I just want you to tell everybody a little bit about your, um, your business and how they can find you and what services you offer and also what, um, uh, like what you offer on your Instagram or if you are doing any upcoming events, kind of let everybody know before we wrap up this, uh, podcast. Yeah, so I have a website and the website is at centerstudio.com. And so that's AT for Alexander Techniques. So it's AT centerstudio.com. And the same thing um, for Instagram and for Facebook, it's at AT Center Studio. So they can find me on Instagram or on Facebook. Um, and I've been most recently posting some, some reels. I just posted, uh, my third one. The, other <laughs> the day. reels are fun. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just playing around with it. I, you know, I don't take myself yeah. uh, too seriously, but I do have a YouTube channel as well. And that's, oh, nice. Yeah. So people can find that with my name, Morgan Risden, R-Y-S-D-O-N, or, um, yeah. they can search also, um, Alexander Technique Center Studio. 
to find it. And, uh, and there I have longer videos, like between, you know, anywhere right. from four to 10 minutes. And I try to just give little bite-sized lessons that people can start learning more and applying. So that's definitely a way to start learning, especially on like, you know, if you are curious, but you want to learn more and you don't know a lot about it. Um, mm -hmm. that's, that's a great, uh, a great way. And then I also have, um, a free uh, mind body meditation. So for people who are Ooh. looking to, um, yeah, to, for people who are looking to kind of get into that space where they, you know, are listening mm -hmm. a little bit better to their bodies and, and becoming more connected. It's unlike a regular meditation where you clear your mind, okay. it's a mind body meditation. So I'm asking you to think about your body. So I'm actually giving you something to do and so I talk like you through a guided kind of guided meditation. Yes, exactly. And it's yes. specifically like, you know, some, some people call them like body scans. So and yeah. this is a mind body scan with an emphasis from an Alexander teacher. So looking at where are we holding tension? Can we release that tension? And that's on my website. Like if you go to my website, um, I'm sure it'll pop up and ask you if you want that. And then there's a downloadable that people can access, but that's a great way to get started. And honestly, yeah. like, you know, it's one of those things that when people tell me, how can I get started and how can I feel better? I'm like, if you do that, <laughs> it's called constructive <laughs> rest. And if mm -hmm. you do that every single day for at least 10 minutes in a week, you should notice a difference. And I feel oh, like definitely. it's kind of so easy that people are like, eh, I'm not really to do it. I'll do it once or twice. Yeah, I feel good. But like, no, 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 really yeah. do it every single day. So that your body uh -huh. knows that it's coming, it can anticipate it, it can rely on it, you know, and you'll notice a difference. So that's a, that's, I think, a great way for people to get started. And again, you know, um, they can do that on their own. As far as in my practice, I teach private lessons, I teach group classes, and I have some mm -hmm. workshops. So if people, um, when they're at my website, if they sign up for like the newsletter and stuff, they'll hear about any upcoming workshops. Sometimes I have them for free. Um, like for here in Atlanta, I do something with the Piedmont Women's Heart Group. And so we offer free things every couple of months. Um, and oh, then nice. I have classes that are ongoing with the JCC in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And all of these are online right now. So people can learn that way. Um, but also private lessons if people have more individual needs that they're looking for. So there's a, a, a bunch of different ways to um, to get started learning. So yeah, hopefully some of your listeners will I will have peaked yes. curiosity. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They should reach out. I do um, guided meditations on here. It's right now. We just started like a few, uh, a few. So we're doing the chakra series right now. So I've been doing that. And then a lot of people love the guided meditations. I've gotten a lot of good feedback from that. So I'm going to try to produce some more and just kind of, uh, hopefully get my listeners uh, more guidance so they can go and find you because you already have the mind body down and get in tune to their mind, body and soul. So that's a good one that they need to go follow and listen to. Yeah, but it's just been great having this podcast. I feel that um, so many people are just looking for so many more resources and trying to learn more about themselves that I'm very happy to introduce them to um, folks like you who are on this mission as well as I am to bring, you know, a understanding of self-awareness and self-care and self-growth. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.
Yes, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Chakras and Cuss Words. And please uh, like, rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends, do whatever you want, and have a great day. Bye, everybody. Bye, Morgan. Ciao.